You're gonna need a bigger boat. What a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Welcome back, everybody, for another Blind Spot bonus, the first one of the month of November. You got you got three whole bonuses, I think, in the month of October. So here's your first one for November. Josh and I just got done watching the director's cut. Was it an unrated director's cut, or was it just a director's cut? I just know cut? it is the director's cut. I'm okay. not sure. The director's cut of Ari Aster's horror masterpiece, Midsommar. I've learned that that is actually how you're supposed to pronounce that movie. It's not Midsummer, it's Midsommar. And yeah, this is the director's cut, or as I think I'm going to call it, the you thought Christian was a dick in the original cut? Cut? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They do do a lot more to um, embellish his character, to to, uh, show us more of who he really is, and... Kind of changed my my uh, my opinion on the outcome of the film. Because <laughs> uh, the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, "Really? Did did he really deserve that?" And this time, I'm like, "Yeah, he deserved that. <laughs> He's a dick. You know, he really." <laughs> I'm glad you came around. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie has been called the ultimate breakup movie by some people, and I think I would agree with them. Yeah. Takes the whole movie for it to happen. Yeah, it does. But and when it when it breaks when it happens, man, it's a doozy. I thought when I broke up with my ex, it was bad, but damn, no, there's, there's no there's no coming back from this one. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. So we both saw the the theatrical cut whenever it was in theaters, and then you know kept hearing all this talk about you know, they we we didn't get around to get to see the the director's cut in theaters because it was only in town for like one night for and it one was like a show. sunday night at yeah, 9 45 yeah something. it was something like you know i can't go to a three-hour movie then nope and this movie is well it's two hours and 50 minutes if you count all of the uh, credits and everything so yeah this is a long end so um we we had to even have a little intermission while we were <laughs> while we were watching like pause it and let's get something to eat um and and then you know it, it has not had a, a traditional home release yet. The only way you can watch it right now is if you buy it on iTunes. And fortunately, the other day I checked iTunes and Midsommar was on sale for $9.99. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> no reason not to. I mean, I can't. I still can't believe that Hereditary was his first movie. Yeah, it is. That was it's crazy. Incredible. Like, I, I have never... I don't, I don't. I don't think I've ever had a horror movie leave me feeling the way Hereditary did. Like I, I, I walked out of the theater. I'm like, I'm glad it's afternoon. I'm glad it's afternoon. I don't want it to be dark right now, because that movie was so dark. Like it's like seems like so much of it took place at night. But this one, Midsommar, you've got the opposite. absolute opposite. So how'd you feel coming out during the day during this? During Midsommar? Yeah, because you went and watched. Yeah, the I first went and watched the, the first day. showing of the day. I. Midsommar didn't impact me as much as Hereditary did, I don't think. It was creepy, and it was really good. But I still think Hereditary is the better of the two, personally. But that doesn't mean this isn't a good movie. It's a damn good movie. Yeah. Um, and, uh... Because I went to see this one at night, so uh-huh. I didn't leave the theater 
of a movie that's all pretty much in broad daylight coming out to broad daylight. Uh-huh. I, I I did come out to darkness. So, <laughs> well, that probably could have felt kind of a kind of calming to you. Like, okay, yeah, nighttime. The sun has gone away. I don't like the sun. Go away. <laughs> it does still get dark. It does, yeah, it does. Good grief. I could not imagine that. Like, I know, especially like in Alaska, I think it's during the summertime. Like there's a time of the year where the sun does not go down at all. Like it kind of comes down and maybe touches the horizon, but then it comes back up. And that would drive me insane. Did you ever see the movie Insomnia with Al Pacino, yes. Al Pacino and, yes. and Robin Williams? Yeah, I couldn't. I could not handle that. <laughs> not at all. So, I guess we can just talk about pretty much the entire movie, and then you know, and talk about what what was different in the uh, the director's cut because there were some things that were very noticeable. Yes. yes. But then there were also things that made you kind of go, "Was that in the original cut? I don't remember that right. being there." So this movie, just like Hereditary, kind of starts off with a woman who has experienced a terrible tragedy. Yes. In in uh, Hereditary, first her mother dies, and then her daughter dies. Well, in this one, Danny, our main character, played by Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. You know, I, knew, I knew, knew her last name was Pugh. I couldn't remember her first name at first. Um, Danny, she gets an email from her bipolar sister. Very dark, ominous-sounding email saying, like, I can't take it anymore. Parents are coming with Parents me. Parents are coming. Yeah, mom and dad are coming with to, me. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. And she's trying to get back in touch with her sister. Like, what the hell did that mean? What What do you mean? Yeah, she's called. She's sending her emails back. Mm-hmm. No response. Yeah. And she calls her boyfriend Christian, and he he kind of makes it sound like it's her fault. He's yeah, like, he's you, like, you he, let her do this. Yeah, you. you enable her. You let her do this. So of course she's gonna do it. So obviously she does stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get any examples of because it makes it sound like this has went further than before. Right, right. We don't get examples of what she's done before, but obviously she has sent emails before and not mm-hmm. answered, and mm-hmm. or had or had you know she's bipolar. Of course yes. she's had episodes like this right. before, but. Uh, so so Danny just can't let go. She just cannot let it go that maybe um you know, it's probably nothing. I'm sure she's fine. She just can't let it go until she gets a phone call from an unknown number. And that's when you see this fireman turning off the ignition on this car. And as soon as I saw that I'm like, "Oh shit, I know yeah. exactly what happened." <laughs> Her sister like I'm like, "How did you even think this up?" Took like garden hoses to both of the exhausts and both of the cars in the garage turned them both on ran one of them into her parents room and duct taped it shut and then duct taped the other one to her mouth to her face like holy shit i have heard some really messed up suicides that that really that that that's a that's a murder suicide obviously um yes and so this heartbreaking tragedy and she, you know Danny just doesn't really know how to come back from that and I don't know how anyone would come back from and that and she gives a, a very raw performance oh my the, oh gosh my. yeah that the, the scene you know she calls she calls Christian at one point and then she calls him again and all you hear is her wailing into it the phone is. just wailing and Christian goes to see her and she's still doing, she is like doubled over just 
in probably one of the most excruciating scenes of this kind of sorrow I have ever seen in a movie. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking of any other film that has that has had that effect on me. Yeah, you're probably right. And and the whole time he's just he's he's got her head in his lap. Mm-hmm. He's holding her while she does this, but he just has it like you can just tell he just feels like he has to do it. Mm-hmm. He is not feeling emotional at all. Right, because his I mean his his friends, especially his friend Mark. Yes is just going on about it. Dude, you've been trying to get out of this relationship for over a year now. Just do it. Just do it, you know? But now he's like, I can't. I can't do it. So I'm not sure if he has, like, this misplaced sense of honor or or duty or what. But for some reason, he feels like he needs to be there. Right. Even if he's shitty at it. Even if he is terrible at consoling while he's there. So months later, we don't know exactly how long it's been, but like if the beginning of the movie, it was cold and snowy in wintertime. Now it's kind of like springtime. Oh, it said June? Because they said two weeks away from going. Okay, so they, right. They're going right. in mid June. So right. You got to um, be at the end of May, early June. Right. So, so Christian, his friends Mark and Josh, and their Swedish friend Pele um, mention and announce that they are going to Sweden for a month and a half. And Danny's just kind of like, what? When were you planning on telling me that? And long story short, she ends up coming along for the ride. And Pele, the who, who is we are going back to his home village, his hometown, his home community, whatever you want to call it. He looks at Danny and he's like, "I'm really glad you're coming. I'm actually very glad you're coming." And that you know, the first time I watched this was like, "Okay, something's not going right here." <laughs> of course, I mean, if you if you saw the trailer for this movie, you knew something bad was going to happen. And it was right along this scene, you know, they, they're, they're flying to Sweden. Right around here was the first, like, obvious, this was not in the original cut scene. Because they're talking about, you know, it's a four-hour drive to Hel- Helsingard? Helsingard? Uh, yeah. Okay. And um, then we just get a few different shots or cuts of Danny kind of staring out the car window as she's going along and... That's when we start talking to, uh, she starts talking to Josh, and Josh is along on this trip to do his thesis statement on the Midsummer um, traditions. And that's, and what, what did she say? She said something to Christian. And she said, you're thinking about doing something like this too, right? Right. And see, you don't get that in the, uh, the theatrical in version. In the theatrical cut, it right. It comes up much later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of things that go on after this go, oh. It's all pointing towards that. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 this, this movie, the director's cut. I, it didn't. It, it added some scenes that were, where you're just like, okay, yeah, that was very important. And, with, but without really telegraphing what was happening or what it was leading up to, it did fill in some holes from the original theatrical cut that I thought were really cool. Uh, that one, that being one of them, because you know, in the in the theatrical release. It was like halfway through the movie before Christian was like, oh, I'm just going to do my thesis on this. But here they kind of hint at it along and along yes. of what's going to happen. It's like he's going to start doing his thesis statement. And it makes some too. of the reactions he had to certain things mm-hmm. make more sense. Yeah. Um, so they get to, or they, according to Pele, they're there, but they're just kind of stopping in the middle of this field and there's a bunch of people in the field, you know, Including some of Pele's it, brother, Pele's brother and a couple of people from London. And of course they're all Americans. They're all from America. And 
some people are dressed in normal everyday clothes and some people are dressed in these really ornate white robes and then they start passing out shrooms and then shroom tea if you can't shroom handle the tea. taste yeah yeah shroom tea uh and that is where this movie really starts to get kind of crazy, kind of freaky. Um, they're all just sitting there on the side of this hill, stoned out of their minds. And Mark is, Mark is he, he's the comic relief of this yeah, movie. Absolutely. He is the stereotypical American douchebag in this film. And he... He vapes a lot. Oh, yeah, he vapes a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his thing is he vapes on the... Despite the the shrooms and the other drugs in this movie on the IMDb, when you're looking at the parental guidance thing, and it says a man is seen vaping throughout throughout the movie. <laughs> like, yes, that is the worst thing you have to worry about when you're watching Midsommar is a guy vaping. <laughs> other than that, perfectly family friendly, great family, great movie. Watch it with the kids. <laughs> um, and like Mark is is looking around, is like, what time is it? And you find out it's 9 p.m. It's, it's broad, broad daylight. daylight broad daylight 9 p.m. and he starts to freak out he's like no no man no that that's not that's not cool that's not cool it's just, that, that, that's impossible he's like we should all lay down yeah <laughs> he's like everybody lay down and danny she's just sitting there kind of like under this tree just soaking it all in but yeah. then well like she didn't even want to do the shroom right at first at first she didn't even yeah. want to do it but then they gave her the tea well, it, wasn't even, it, was, it was the peer pressure. Yeah, it was the peer pressure because Mark was like, dude, we can't take trips at separate times. It'll be different but, trips. But Christian has this way of manipulating. He's like, well, I'll just wait on you knowing how she's going to react mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly the reaction he was going to get and that he was going to get her to do it. Yeah. And so she's sitting there. She's, she's pretty high, too. Everybody's pretty high. Half of this movie, everybody's pretty high. Yep. And the, the visual effects that accompany these scenes are so trippy because like all the grass and all the trees and everything starts to like waver and, and move and shimmer. And I didn't even notice it until the end of the movie when you almost the end of the movie, when you pointed out, but there are like faces in the trees and stuff. And like, now I'm going to have to go back and watch it again just to try and find all yeah. the faces. <laughs> um, but then Pele says something that sets her off. He says, you guys are my family. You guys are like my family. And obviously to her, family is not a very good feeling right now. No. Family is something brings up horrific memories for her. So she starts to freak out. And she just kind of wanders off like she, she doesn't know what to do. And this is, this is one thing with Florence Pugh's performance in this movie. Like so much of the movie, it's like she is violently fighting back tears. Yes. To the point where she almost sounds like she's going to puke. In fact, one of my favorite scenes we didn't talk about mm-hmm. when they're in the apartment talking, mm-hmm. and Pele, like you said, it was glad she's coming. Mm-hmm. He brings up family again there, mm-hmm. and she starts fighting back tears. She has to go to the bathroom, and as she's walking towards the bathroom, you can hear the roar of an airplane. Mm-hmm. And as she walks in the bathroom door, it's the one of the sweetest transitions I've ever seen. All of a sudden, yes. she is in the bathroom of the airplane, right? Knowing like, that she's going to Sweden. Yes, like which she, that was mm-hmm. actually probably that was the first scene. That was in the director's cut that wasn't was when Christian asked her to go to Sweden. We never saw that scene in the original. Right. We just saw the scene where he tells everybody. And t- and then he tells them, by the way, this was your idea, which this scene kind of makes that weird because they don't address that. It's him asking her saying you ruined the romantic surprise. Mm-hmm. And then they still left that in. So that kind of muddled that a little bit for me. Yeah. But 
overall that. But that transition has what I want to talk about. That was great. That was fantastic. This movie has some of the most beautiful camera work I think I've ever seen. It's just uh, so much of it is so fluid and so smooth. Like the, the way the camera pans in yeah. and out and left and right and up and down. It's, it's just so, I, I'm not sure how to, how to put it. It, it, it makes you feel so much like you're there. Like there's so much, there's so much going on with like foreground and background right. and things like that. So much going on in this movie. You could probably watch it 10 times and not catch everything. I agree. Um, and yeah, that, that one particular transition where you're looking down at her as she's walking down the hallway to the bathroom and then she crosses the threshold and it's the, it's the airplane bathroom. Uh, in the first bit of this movie, they do a lot with mirrors for some reason. Like, there's a lot of shots involving mirrors where, like, you think you're looking at something one way, but then you realize, oh, that's a mirror. Or you actually get to see, like, both sides of a conversation without cutting to the other person because you can see the other person in the mm-hmm. mirror. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to know how they did some of those shots. Like, how do you do that without catching the camera in the reflection? I want, I want to yeah, know. Yeah, you're that. right. That is, it's impressive. Yeah. Um. So anyways, they land in Halsingard, or no, they, they land in Sweden, they're driving to Halsingard, they get there, yeah, we've talked about all that, um, she starts to trip pretty bad. She runs into this little, like, outhouse or something, like, literal, like, that's all it is, just this outhouse in the middle of a field, there's nothing else around and no other buildings, she runs in this outhouse, and she has to light a candle to get any light, and for a split second, it, I didn't even catch this when I saw it in theaters, for a split second, in the mirror, again, in the mirror behind her, you see her dead sister, still has the hose coming out of her right. mouth and everything, for just a second, it's there, and that, that was the first thing in the movie, it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that was weird, um, and obviously, when she sees that, she freaks out even worse. She goes running out of the of the room and just kind of blacks out. Yep. She has a few like fleeting glimpses. That, again, I'm not sure if those were in the original cut or not, but like glimpses of her sis, her dead sister, sitting in bed with her dead parents and stuff like that. Just some right. real weird, real quick little flashes. Yeah, and little things like that. I'm not positive yeah so like 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 we said there's some there's some parts of this movie where you're like okay that was not in the original and then parts where you're like ah, that might have been i don't know so she wakes up christian's there and he's like yeah you've been asleep for like six hours or they, they found her six yeah, hours they ago found it her might have actually hours. been longer yeah than it could have been longer we, who yeah. knows how long they waited to even look for because because <laughs> douchebag boyfriend probably <laughs> pele's idea to say hey we should look for her. yeah it might have been <laughs> Who knows? Pele's kind of the the uh, nice guy in this movie. Yeah, because one thing she mentions early is that when they're landing in Sweden, it's her birthday. Mm-hmm. So, so she gets there and Cause she's like, "Is it tomorrow?" Because mm-hmm. you know that that's signaling him to it's her birthday at this uh-huh. point. And he's like, "Well, from yesterday's perspective," but he still it hasn't clicked with him. No, and see, and and I'm like. They've been together for four years, and he doesn't know when her birthday is. He forgot her birthday in four years. I don't know. He doesn't even know how long they've been together. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, uh, we find that out later. <laughs> um, so they they kind of gather everything back together, and now they're walking through the woods like a long way, walk, walking through the woods, and find this village in this little clearing. And that is that is Halsingard. They walk through this big. It looks like the sun because it's this big kind of round wooden structure with these yep. golden, like planks. Come, it looks like yeah. the sun. Yep. And 
at first everything looks so peaceful and so wonderful and all that's so great and that's just the start of it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um after that, I mean, the first bit while they're while they're kind of in in the village, not a lot happens. But the next day is when they have their first big ritual, and Pele calls it something. I forget what he calls is, it. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. It's Astupan. Okay, yeah. And when Josh hears that, he's like, "Oh, really? You're gonna do that?" And everyone's like, "Why? What? What is that? What is that?" Especially Christian. Yeah. He's like, "You're really not gonna tell me?" Mm-hmm. That's why. Like him saying that he was going to be doing this, that makes more sense. Right. Yeah, was like, like, why is he getting upset? So upset that he doesn't know. Yeah, he's like, but I'm, that I'm, not, I'm not giving you any more ammo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the next day, I guess it's uh, breakfast, maybe. They're all sitting outside. And these tables are all arranged like these runes they have all over their town, all over, all over their little commune. It's not even really a town. There's like four buildings there. Yeah. And some of them, one of the buildings in particular looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie, the way it's designed. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, so we noticed the, the, the previous day when at the start of the festival, at the start of the Midsommar festival, these two people were given torches, two older people. Well, the, the next day we see those, like everybody is standing at these tables and then we see those two old people walking up and they have these re- everybody else is sitting on like little benches, you know, nothing really fancy. But then these two old people sit in these really ornate thrones almost. They're like yes. really nice chairs. They're like very hand carved, beautiful works yes. of art. And you everyone stands until they sit down mm-hmm. and tell that, that they're important. They're waiting on right. them. And then they wait for them to pick up their utensils before they even start, start to eat. And after they're done eating, um, <laughs> one of the ladies, the, the lady of the, there's a man and a woman. The lady stands up and she starts singing and then he starts singing. And then they like both stand up and are singing something in, in, in Swedish, I guess. Yeah. Um, and this is where we got one of those where like, okay, I know that wasn't in the right. original cut. Exactly. Cause Mark being <laughs> just being Mark says something to the effect of, I wonder how that guy would react if I stuck my finger up his butt right now. <laughs> and and one of the, the one of the guys from London, Simon, he's he's like just a side character. Even he turns around like, dude, what the fuck, really? <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? Yeah, this this guy. Um. So yeah, after that, after dinner is done, the two old people actually they actually like carry their chairs out. And about the, I think pretty much like the next thing you see is everybody standing on the ground looking up yep. and they're looking up at this cliff. They're like in a little quarry almost like it yep. looked like a marble quarry. And you see that the old people have been taken to the top of this cliff and they are, are cutting their hands and smearing blood on these rune stones. And then the old lady comes up and she just does a swan dive. Yes. Off of this rock. And there's another rock underneath her. It's like, it's not a natural rock formation. It's like somebody cut this thing. It's round and it's very thick and it's flat on one, on the top. So, and she just face plants. Yeah, because thing. like it has this music build up, but as soon as she goes off, the music just stops. Every, yeah, and everything just gets dead, dead silent, silent mm-hmm. until that thud yeah. against the rock. And I'm it's like, not, it's not like, like a, like a really squishy thud. No. It's just like a, <laughs> that's it. 
and you get a slow motion shot of her falling off the rock. Her face is obliterated. Yes. That's something I'm noticing from Ari Aster from these two films. He loves head trauma. Head trauma. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's a big fan of head trauma <laughs> and close up shots of head trauma. And after that, the old guy, he jumps, but I don't know if he like, if he like chickened out or if he, or if he just aimed better, fell wrong because he falls straight down. Standing but he doesn't upright. try to lay out yeah. either way. So either way, he's coming down on his legs. Right. So he lands on his legs, and one of them is just gnarled and destroyed. And once again, the sound cuts right as he drops, mm-hmm. and it's oof. And this, and this, and again, the sound you hear is just thud. <laughs> it's very impactful. So this guy, this poor old guy, is laying there on the ground, yelling in pain. And then everybody in the village, you know, with the exception of the foreigners, the four Americans, or no, actually Mark isn't here for this one. He went to take a nap. Yeah, he went to take a nap. He yeah. misses it. And so, you know, Christian, Danny, um, Josh, and then the two Simon Brits, and Connie. Simon and Connie. They're all just like, what the fuck is going on? This is fucked up. We're not, no, no, we're not doing this. this is, we're out of here. Especially Simon. Simon and Simon, Connie I think, both. has the biggest reaction that I think I would, I would be like. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Like, Josh, even though I don't think he expected to see it, he knew what was coming. Yeah. Because he knew the ritual. Yeah, and Christian didn't seem to care much one way or the other. No. And uh, Danny was obviously horrified. But then this old guy's laying on the ground screaming, and all the villagers start screaming too. Like, they start making the same noise as he's making, like like they're in pain just as much as he is in pain. And... We forgot to mention that this first cut of this, the first opening shot of this scene, you see a guy standing there with a giant wooden hammer. Like, that's comforting. (laughs) Well, when this old guy misses and doesn't die, this guy walks up with this giant wooden hammer to finish him off. Four of them. Yeah, four people. And again, it's just a thud. It's not a squish. It's not like someone stepping on a watermelon or something. It's just... Mm -hmm. And, and they each take a turn. They each take a turn until this guy's face is just like a hollow shell. There's like nothing left. No. <laughs> so so everyone's so all the all the Americans are just kind of like, okay, what just happened? And the Brits too. You know, the two British characters they're just not happy with anything. Which I wouldn't be either. No. I'd be like, I am walking out of here. I am taking my stuff and I am leaving. I don't. I'm not waiting for someone to drive me back to the train station. Right. I will walk. I don't care. Um, and uh, uh, one thing we forgot to mention in the very big, when they first make it to the village when they're showing them around you see this tapestry of a quote-unquote love story as um, oh, yes. what, what was um, Ing- Ingmar Pele's brother yes Ingmar. Yeah, Ingmar shows them this and shows this picture of this girl who has heart eyes for this guy so she does some things she takes some flowers and puts them under her pillow and then she what else does she do she did something else at first but then then you're like why did they weave this into a tapestry i would not want this hanging in my house anywhere because you see this girl cutting her pubic hair off and then you see her i guess menstruating menstruating yes into a cup and then you see the guy with like eyes like he's hypnotized or something. They're all swirly. And then you see them both together. Both their eyes are hearts. Both of them have heart eyes and the girl is pregnant. pregnant yep. Now that is one thing I will say I wish this movie didn't do is it really telegraphs a lot. Like yeah, if, you're it paying, does. if you're paying attention to 
to be, to details like like a lot of the buildings in this little commune have got all kinds of drawings oh, and yeah. paintings and stuff all over them. If you pay attention to that, you're going to know what's going to happen. Now you can look at characters like Mark and obviously tell he's not going to make it. Like he's too much of an asshole to survive this movie. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember that was one of your complaints this you felt this movie was too predictable. I do. Like in the sense that you know who's not going to make it. Well, in the sense that, like, like there's there's too much, like, just the whole premise of four American college students going on this trip to some crazy-ass pagan ritual in the middle of nowhere, you know shit's gonna go down. You know something's not gonna end well for somebody. Right. But did you see the stuff happening in this movie as well? I mean, none of this was predictable for me. Obviously, who was gonna make it and not, but I don't look at that as whether that's predictable or not. Yeah. You you may be right. Um, like when you seen like cause before they see that tapestry, we're like nobody's gonna say anything about the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they have a bear, a live bear, in a cage there. Did yeah, you? I guess I wouldn't have known anything about that if they hadn't shown those tapestries. Which, again, it's like the movie movie kind of lets you know what's coming, and is not very subtle about it, in my opinion. I guess I, I guess even when I saw the tapestry of that, I still. I didn't see that coming. Didn't see that actually playing out like that. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. That's okay. that's that's um, you know more towards the end. So um, so yeah, after this ritual, Mark Mark just walks up. And he's like, "Dude, how could you let me sleep through that?" <laughs> that's well, kinda... actually before that. Uh, you get the scene of uh, Christian and Josh. This is when they're really going at it about the. Oh yeah, you're right. About the thesis. Now, did, did did Josh decide, or did did Christian decide that already, or was that later in the movie? He hadn't fully decided yet, uh-huh. but it's isn't that where this was? Because there was a scene that wasn't in there because because you get a scene of Mark saying what happened, and he's like, I'll tell you in a minute, and he goes inside. Yeah, he has this conversation with Josh. It's got to be this. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because Josh is sitting there working on his laptop, and Christian's just like, whoa, that was crazy. And Josh yeah. is like, yeah, that was crazy. And Christian's just like, okay, I'm going to do my thesis on this. And he, I, I feel like the, the argument between him and Josh was extended. It is for, extended. Yeah, I thought yes. so. Yes. Because Josh is not happy that Christian has just poached his idea for a thesis. That's the thing about Christian. It's like He cannot do anything originally. <laughs> No. He can't do he can't think of anything he's supposed In fact, to Josh do. Josh even says you're a grad student and I have to hold your little hand the whole way. Right, right. I had to teach you how to use this. You didn't even know how to what was it, JSTOR? Is that what he said? Like that. I don't know what, I don't what JSTOR know what is. I don't know um, what that was either, but he's like, I had to teach you 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 didn't even know how to do that before me. Yeah. So yeah, Christian just and, and, and like, you know, he when when he suddenly just decides that he was gonna invite Danny on this trip. You know, and when he misses, when he forgets her birthday and, and Pele gives him a piece of cake to give to her, that's when he's like, oh yeah, I, um, I thought, I thought your birthday was yesterday because the times got me all messed, all messed up. Because, um, because Pele had given, had drew a picture of Danny and gave it to her. Right. Given that to her for her birthday. And then she told him that, you know, he he had forgot. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, really? And she's like, oh, it's my fault. I shouldn't have, I should have reminded him. That's the thing is, I think that, I think they call that gaslighting where somebody basically shames someone else into believing that they're at fault. Whatever is happening is their fault, even when it's someone else's fault. Well, he I definitely believe, does that to that, her, I guess. I'm pretty sure gaslighting is the term. And yes, Christian is the king of gaslighting. So 
then we get a scene that we both immediately went, okay, this was not in the movie originally because it was taking place at night. night. Yes. They were talking... Well, right before the night scene, mm-hmm. you get the scene with the tree. Right, right. Christian, like, and, and this shows you just how ill-prepared Christian is. He walks up to these two characters and starts asking them questions, and he's got a pen in his hand like he's going to start writing something, but he has nothing to write on. <laughs> like, Josh, this whole time, has been writing stuff down in this little journal. He's, he's got, got journals. He's got his laptop mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, so, he, so, like, Christian is really pulling this out of his ass. And... um they're, they're decorating this tree. It looks almost like a Christmas tree because they're hanging hanging ornaments all over. And, like, really, if you look at, like, the history of a Christmas tree, it is a pagan tradition. You know, that's nothing. There's nothing uh, in, in the Bible about Christmas trees. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, nighttime. They're out there at this lake. And they talk about, you know, giving offerings to, um, uh, like, the, the earth, to Mother Earth or something like that. And they throw this tree in the in the in the lake, or in the pond, whatever this is. And then someone's like, "Oh, she's still hungry. She's not." I heard a rumbling. Yeah, I heard a rumbling. And suddenly, this this one character, this child. First, I thought it was a girl, but it's actually a boy with yeah, very I did, long I did hair. Too. Um, he says uh, something about like. I will I will offer her my life if it will if it will satisfy her. And, and he walks up with a some kind of dress that looks like a Christmas tree. Right. On. He's got he's got like like vines or like um like um garlands all over him, yes. and then he's got like ornaments hung all over him. Got things hung all over him, and he walks to the edge of this the edge of, and to the edge of this pond, and they start like. Putting chains putting around his chains ankles. around his ankles. They pick him up mm-hmm. and then put a then a put a rock on top boulder. of this giant rock. And start to like swing. swing him, and this is the part when Danny's like, "Okay, they need to stop. They need." And you and you and I were both sitting in the <laughs> watch this, going, "Holy shit, are oh, they really gonna oh. do this?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently, it just ended up being like a test of courage. Yes, they say, "Oh, he proved his bravery." Yeah, he, he's he good. proved his bravery. He's good. Yes. So, Danny just storms off, and then she and Christian have another big fight. And he does it again, where he's making every making her feel like everything is her fault. Yeah, and this fight wasn't in there. Either, no, it was. This is still in the night scene. Yeah, this is yes. still in the night scene. So this was not in the movie originally at all. And then, from there, does it go to the nightmare scene for her, or does it? Does that come later? Like she I, goes, she goes back to the to the house, goes goes to bed, or asks asks Josh for a sleeping pill. Yes, I think this. Yeah, I think. That's and then she right. and then she supposedly wakes up. And all of her friends are gone. And she hears, she sees them going out the door. She goes outside and sees them driving off in the car that they got here in. And you get a few more shots that I think might have been extended from the, from the original. Like more shots of, of her and her dead family. Dead family. And she's also seeing the, uh, the people that had been smashed. Well, she was seeing the people that had been smashed, but then she was seeing her mother and father in right. that same position, and you know her her sister at that same rock. Yes. So yeah, yeah. and just some some really weird stuff here. Um, yeah, because then she like breathes out this black cloud of smoke. Mm-hmm. And... Pretty pretty surreal dream sequence. Yes. Pretty creepy dream sequence. Um, but the next day, it's not even really daytime. She it's it's still kind of. Still kind of dark outside, I think, when she wakes up. Um, but this was when we see that this girl, this young girl who has had her eye on Christian the whole time, is like 
rubbing this piece of wood that has a rune carved in it. And she quietly gets out of bed. It's still nighttime. She quietly gets out of bed and walks over and puts it under Christian's bed. And Josh sees it. And Josh sees that, yes. Because the next day he takes this to Pele and is like, hey, I found this under Christian's bed. What is this? And he said it's a love rune. Now, trying to remember, after this, we get Connie, the British girl. She's like, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm out of here. And she's looking for Simon. And this guy from the village is like, oh, well, Simon already went to the train station. Yeah, he took the truck. Or they took the truck. They took the truck. It only fit two people. Yeah, it's like, it's a truck. It's got a truck bed. Can you not ride in a truck bed? Well, they don't break any traffic laws. Right. (laughs) We don't break any traffic laws. We... We will throw old. We will let old people jump off cliffs to their deaths, but we will not. Because they've hit the uh, age of seventy-two. Right, the age of seventy-two. At the age of seventy-two, that is the you know the winter months of your life. Like they look at they look at their lives like like the seasons of a year. Like I think it's up to age eight. That's your spring. Up to eighteen. Oh, it was eighteen. Yeah, is, that's is your child. Okay, that's yes. your childhood. That's your springtime. Summers mm-hmm. eighteen to thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Or at 36. And that's your time to go out and... and pilgrim, pilgrim, pilgrimage. Yeah, pilgrimage, yeah. And 36 to 54... Is workers. Is the worker. Mm-hmm, the labor. 54 to 72 is your mentorship. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, what happens at 72? And Pele does the, you know, slashing, slashing of the throat. throat yeah. And they kind of take it as a joke because it's... But, well, here it's it's meant seriously. <laughs> you're watching this. You're watching... <laughs> I'm watching the theater going, yeah, that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Connie's not happy that she, you know, she, she thinks, I mean, she, she's like, Oh, that wouldn't, that doesn't make sense. Why would Simon do that? Simon wouldn't leave me here. So she just grabs her bags and walks out. Yes. Now we get a few different scenes. We get scenes of um, Josh talking with the village elder, looking at their holy text, which is got writing in it. But then it's also got this painting, like finger painting that this, this one character we've seen, uh, what was his name? Ruben. Ruben. Yes. Ruben. He has been so inbred. He has deliberately deliberately in, been inbred in because they think he is some kind of a kind of an oracle, like he does not have the the he, normal constraints. Yeah, they, say, they say he is unclouded. Unclouded, that's the word they yes. use, right? And he just does these crazy finger paintings, and then in they interpret mm-hmm. what he's saying. Yeah, and but of course, at this point, Josh asks if he could take a picture of these. Right, he's and been he's is, been wanting to take pictures of everything. But this is highly offensive to this elder. Yeah, he's like, no, you cannot take pictures of this. Absolutely not. <laughs> so what? So then we kind of know what's going to happen to Josh. He, well, no, actually, while this is happening, you hear a scream come from somewhere. And then it cuts to Danny somewhere else. And you hear that same scream again. And then you cut to Mark somewhere else. And you hear that same scream again. So you can hear this all over. Yeah. Nowhere where you're at in this little com- commune, you can, you can hear, hear this hear scream. This blood-curdling scream. And you can guess it's Connie. Because you never see her again until the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> um, so that night, Josh... Oh, oh, we forgot about Mark. I'd say before the, that. Yeah, yeah, before that, Mark actually, being the dumbass American that he is, he's like, I gotta go take a leak. And the two old people who jumped to the cliffs were cremated and their ashes were poured out in front of this big dead tree that was laid over on the ground. And Mark decides he needs to take a piss. So he decides he's going to go take a piss on this tree. Cause he Even just though, did, like you said, like 10 feet past that or yeah, the actual was, woods. Yeah, he had to walk across a field to get to this tree. But from where he was standing, you could have walked 10 feet and been completely, you know, not 
out in front of a bunch of people taking a piss. <laughs> and when he starts to piss, like at first you don't even know what's happening, but like you just hear this one guy start yelling, no, yeah. no, 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 no. What are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, put your filthy dick away. <laughs> he, I love that line. He, so Mark is pissing on this ancestral tree and he just cannot, for the life of him, understand why this guy's getting so upset. Like you would think, this like, guy's a college a, student. Yeah, he's just like, it's a dead tree. Like, it's, it's a, a dead, dead tree. tree. What the hell? It's no big deal. And they're like, yes, it is a huge deal to us. Yeah, like Pele said, you went and piss on a gravestone, would you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you, you kind of know who's going to die next. Now, now Mark has had this has had this affinity for this one girl he's been seeing. He is just the horniest fucker I've ever seen in a horror movie, possibly. And it's probably because I, I get the feeling that he hasn't gotten any yet, so he stays horny. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so. You might be right. Yeah, so he's just, you know, the whole thing he's talking about, oh, man, these Swedish women are so beautiful. They're so beautiful the whole time. And this girl keeps looking at him, mm-hmm. so. And he keeps like, oh, did you see that? Is she, and, is she and, looking at me? Yeah, and the way he acts, I'm like, this must be the first time he's had a girl reciprocate that feeling maybe (laughs) because the next day at lunch or whatever it is she walks up to him and is like come come let me show you and he's just like oh okay yeah she's gonna show me she's gonna show me guys i'm bye and just walks off with her now is that the same one where the discolored drink is wasn't it that one because i think mark was there yes Yes. So, yeah, but you're right because <laughs> we see that the girl who likes Christian or who has been giving him the eye the whole time, she um, is baking. You know, there's a scene where they're all baking dinner or all baking lunch, and they're all these meat pies, I think. Yes. And we see that she is baking her own that has her own little rune on it. <laughs> so, as the camera pans down this dinner table, you see all of these drinks, and they're all kind of a yellowish color, except the one that's sitting in front of Christian. It's got a little more red in it. Yes. I remember sitting there in this theater going, oh, dear God, his drink is a different color than everybody else's. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, you already know what's going to happen because of that tapestry. Now, now, yeah, if it hadn't been for the tapestry, I would not have known what was happening. (sighs) I probably wouldn't have even noticed it. Until he bites into his meat pie and is standing there chewing it and then tastes something or feels something funny and spits out a hair. And of course, Mark looks at it. And he's like, "Dude, that's a pubic hair. That's a pube." It's funny because in the theater, that's what I said right before Mark. I was like, "Oh, it's a pube." Yeah. And then Mark's like, "That's a pubic hair." I was like, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> yep. Don't you love it when you've got shit figured out before the characters on screen? <laughs> um, so yeah, we know that this girl, and 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 you can see her. She's she's in the background, but she's blurred out. But she's just staring at him the whole time. She's like, "Yes, drink my love potion." <laughs> yes. Because at this point, I think, yes, we have found out, Pele has said that just the year before she had received her, whatever they call it, saying that she's allowed to have sex now. Yeah. At the age of 15. At the age of 15. So this was last year. So now she's 16. At the oldest. At the oldest. And he's a grad student. So mm-hmm. 23, 24, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 25. Yeah, maybe somewhere in there. So Mark goes off with this girl. Yes. And then we see that night, I believe it was that night. Yeah, it is that night because they disappear on the same day. Right. Josh gets out of bed and Doesn't goes, take his sleeping pill that night. Yeah, he doesn't take a sleeping pill Goes to bed night. with his tennis shoes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets up and sneaks out to the, to the building where all these holy books are. There are hundreds of volumes of these books. And he starts taking pictures of it. Taking pictures, just snapping pictures with his phone. And 
there's like a window in front of him that's blacked out and you can see behind him someone is there and he turns around and it's and it's it's mark or we think it's mark and he's just like dude what the fuck you scared the shit out of me and then ruben clocks him over the head with something and at this point mark has no pants he has on. no pants on but then when he gets closer to the screen you notice something is different about his face it's because someone has like pulled a Hannibal Lecter and peeled his face off and is wearing it as a mask. Yep. So now Josh is bleeding all over the place. We know what's going to happen to him. He's got this huge gash in his head. Yes. The next day at the at the breakfast table or whatever the lunch table, one of the elders stands up and tells them that a horribly bad thing has happened. One of their sacred books is missing. And they talk to Danny and they talk to Christian. Uh, Christian about where Josh and Mark may be. And Christian very emphatically says, Mark would never have done this, but Josh, we don't trust him. Right. We would he never be associated adamant. with that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's like, we, like, it's like no, yeah, we're not friends with Josh. We would never be associated with him. I was like, wow, you really threw your friend under the bus, didn't real you? Real quick. Like I mm. said, I call this the Christian really is a dick. Kind. Yes. <laughs> um, and... Then they separate them. They take Danny, Danny to be with the women. To be with the women, and they're going to have this dancing contest. And whoever wins this dancing contest becomes the May Queen, the May Queen of that ser- of that year, that yes. that particular midsummer. And Christian goes and talks with the one of the village elders. Yes, um, can't remember her name. I can't either. But basically, this old woman stands up and says, "Yeah, we want you to mate with um, Mila. Was that her name? Maya. Maya. Maya." The girl that has the redhead, the girl. redheaded girl who has been giving him the love potions. Yes. and and he's like, but I'm with Danny. She's like, well, don't get me wrong. This is not a marriage proposal. You're not cut out for that. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> but but she's like, you're you're a good astrological match to mate with her. Yes. So Danny is back and you know still still dancing. You know, the the object is the, of the dance is well, to they see. give her they give her this tea. Oh right, right. They, they give him all this tea that. There are so many hallucinogens in this yes. particular movie. And every time someone's on a hallucinogen, the same thing is happening with the background and with others. The visual effects in this movie are amazing. Yeah, as, as Pele put it at the beginning of the movie, you look like the trees are breathing. Right, yeah. You, like, and she's like wearing this, this crown of flowers and it looks like one of them is... <sighs> like it's breathing. It's so weird looking. <laughs> um, and... So they're all dancing around, and the last one standing is the May Queen. You know, they're just dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing until only one of them's left. But Christian sits down to watch after he's had this talk with the elder, and someone gives him a tea of some kind, or she says it's spring water with uh, enhancements or something like that. Which is yeah. not a good term to use yeah. in this particular with special space. properties. Special properties. That's, That's what she said. She said. It, yes. You're right. <laughs> so, of course, he drinks it. He tries to give advice. Yeah. I, I, I don't want a bad trip right now. And mm-hmm. she goes, no, you're fine. Yeah. I think I would have just sat it down if she didn't take it and not drink it. But uh, no, he drinks it. Yeah. And that's when he really starts to yes. trip out. Like, he does not know where he is or what is happening for most of the rest of this movie. Because after Danny wins the May Queen, they, they, they put her on this, like throne or something almost like carrying her over to the next dinner table which is just this long table and set her at the at the hedge because she is now the may queen she's got this even bigger more ornate floral headdress on and she 
Like it's just like earlier in the movie. Like they don't sit down until she sits down. Right. They don't start eating until she sits until she starts eating. She is now at a place of honor. And Christian's just kind of like wandering around. He like sits down at the table and is just like looks at this guy. And he's like, "What? What's happening?" And the dude just claps his hand right claps in his, his face, hand really loud, and the whole scene around him ripples. Yes, it's so crazy. And then we see Maya, who is sitting across from Christian get up and walk away and he's watching her the whole time. And Danny sees that he is watching her. Yes. And then they say, okay, now the, the, the May queen must go bless our crops. So they put her in this carriage and take her off. And they, they do this ritual kind of a thing where they're burying like grain and beef and eggs and all this stuff that they would, would, would cultivate at this, this little commune and, and asking, Mother Earth's blessing on it or right, something. Right, yes. But while this is happening, Christian is still back at the commune. And he is... He knows what's about to happen. Like, they are literally laying out a trail of flower petals <laughs> to where he needs to go. Like, hint, hint, this way. Like, <laughs> flashing lights. Go this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go this way if you want to get laid. And... He goes into this, to this, to the same room, to the same building where they had all their holy books. Right. And he is given some kind of an incense or something that is supposed to help his vitality. <laughs> and he walks in, and you can hear these female voices singing, like in harmony. It sounds really beautiful. There, that's another thing about this movie is the music in it, the the way they use the music. It is so simplistic, but at the same time so effective. Like, it just builds and right. builds and builds until it's like you can't take it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> there's another thing Ari Aster really likes is scenes with a lot of nudity, a lot of yes. old, fully naked, fully naked people. Full <laughs> like, frontal. Well, young and old. Like, these, are all, these are all women. These are women of all walks of life in the village, I guess. Because you got old ones, you got young ones. And they're all kind of standing there singing and there is Maya laying on this bed of flowers <clears throat> just waiting for Christian to come in. Yeah, because then it gets shots from her point of view and she starts to open her legs. Yeah, she's like, yeah, just opening her legs like, come on, let's get this over with. <laughs> and, and you get probably one of the most painfully awkward sex scenes I have ever seen in a movie. Yes. Because all the women of the village are standing there watching this happen. So like no pressure, Christian. And they, one of them starts getting like right in his face. Oh to yeah, hold yeah. The girl's I, hand. I think that must have been. It might have been Maya's mother, possibly because like she she's like lift, holding her hand out to her and and the old woman takes her hand and starts singing to her and Christian's just kind of like what the hell? And she's like can we get some space here? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just keeps going on and on from there. Like like Maya starts moaning. And all the old ladies, all the ladies start moaning along with her in the same way. Again, it's like this village, whatever someone is feeling, they feel with them. Because right about this time, Danny shows up back from her blessing of the crops and everything and hears all the moaning coming from the building. And she's like, what's that? And the girl's like, that's not for us. Yeah, that's not for us. Well, she's like, I'm going to go look anyway. And she, it's like she knows what's going to happen. Like, she, you can see she's already fighting tears. Her lip yep. is already quivering yep. when she's walking away. And all she does is bend down and look through the keyhole. And immediately, it's like she starts to have to violently hold back those sobs again until she finally does puke. Yeah. She just, like, vomits. And 
all the women that she that she was with kind of pick her up and carry her into the the the, the bed house or whatever. Yeah. And she just starts to wail like she was earlier yes. on in the movie, in the very beginning when her parents died. And they start to do it with her. Mm-hmm. Until it's all in unison. And it's not like a mocking thing. It's no. They're feeling her pain. They are they are in just, you know, their faces, they are crying, they are in just as much pain as she is, which is incredible. When you think about it, it's like, how could they, how could, how could any, how could any people be that connected? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. So, once Christian is done with Maya, he kind of, stumbles back out of the room and I can't remember like did he see it's like he finally comes to like as soon as he comes he comes to his senses and is like what the hell am I doing oh my god yeah. I gotta get out of here and he runs outside stark naked I say you gotta give Ari Aster that yeah he, he goes full frontal male and yeah, female, male and female. He's he, not... he did the same thing with hereditary oh. <laughs> so yeah he's not afraid of anything really <laughs> and at first, he's like you know, kind of looking around, like he goes running to the door, or to the, to the, uh, to the bed house. But then he hears what's going on in there. He kind of goes running another way and sees people. It's like, oh shit, I'm naked. So he like starts running another way, and finally he ends up in a chicken coop. Yes. And he's like, oh okay, I'm safe. But then he turns around and sees one of the most horrific things in this movie, in my opinion, because Simon is suspended by these vines of flowers over these chickens. His back is peeled open. Yep. He's been flayed. He has been flayed, and his lungs are outside of his body, and he's still breathing. Like, in fact, this scene reminds me a lot, you had mentioned Hannibal Lecter, of Silence of the Lambs when he flayed that police officer guy uh-huh. on the cage. Uh-huh. Well, it kind of reminded me of, actually, in the Hannibal TV series. Remember the remember the episode where, where like, they were chasing the killer who, like, would, like, cut people's backs open and then peel them up so they looked like yes. angel wings? Yes, I do remember what you're talking about. The yeah. angel maker, I think, is what they called it. It made me think of that. But he's, like, how would you, how, how could you live through something like that? Because he's still breathing. And he's got, like, flowers over his eyes, like yeah. sunflowers or daisies or something. Big flowers. Some, yeah. So Christian doesn't know what to think of this. And then he turns around and there's one of the guys from the village and he blows this puff of something in his face, which knocks him out entirely. Yes. And it's like paralyzes. Yeah. It paralyzes him, but he can still see and he can still hear. And it's so weird because like you see from his perspective, him like falling over. And then the guy looks at him and he closes one one eyelid and half the camera. Yeah. I love that shot. Yeah. Half the picture goes dark and then he closes the other eyelid and the other half goes dark. And the next thing you hear is someone saying, Christian, Hello, Christian. And then you see this woman, the woman who gave him the the, the spring water with the yes. special properties, basically opening his eyes for him and saying, yeah, you can't hear, you can't speak, you can't move. Just That's also the woman he talked to about the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, it was her. Yeah. She's one of the few people who speaks English in this yes. village because Maya did not speak English. And now Danny is in full, she is just covered in flowers. She just yes. looks like springtime personified. <laughs> she is covered in flowers and she's sitting in this up on this stage and this kind of throne and she's not she you can tell she's been crying. And they talk about sacrificing nine human lives. And so I'm guessing this sacrifice mm-hmm. is the one that only happens not every 90 years. Is this big one? I don't know. I don't yeah, know either. Yeah, because they mention they mention earlier on in the movie that this that this one was this one special thing only happens every ninety years. 
But then when later when Christian was talking to that woman, asking her, like, how many times have you seen an old person jump from the cliff? She's like, many times, every time someone has come of age. Yeah, so that's not the every 90 years. No, it's not. And and even Pele says that his parents died in a fire. But we're not clear what we're kind not of clear fire. clear on what kind of fire. So I'm not sure what part of this is every 90 years. Yeah, I'm not sure either. They don't really clarify that. Um, because... Behind them, this whole time in the back of the, you know, behind all these fields is this yellow triangular building. Like it's a, it's a basically like a pyramid. You know, one yes. side is tri- is flat triangular, but then the other side is kind of come back into a... Um, and when like, they ask about it, they say, you're not allowed to go there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, about it. it's a holy place <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. It's like a temple. Well, they are talking about having nine human lives sacrificed. Two of them were the old people who jumped from the cliffs. and Yeah, because four of them are going to be from... From they, new blood. They say yeah. new blood. New blood, and four of them are from Horga. Yeah. Which from, it's called Hosing... I thought it? it was called Halsingard. It is, but they say Horga almost well, maybe the whole that's movie. Just, maybe that's just their own particular little that, village. Their, yeah, that could be what it is. But yes, four new blood, four from there. Two of them are the old people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have your four new blood. Yeah, you've got... Simon and on this this was one thing that the the director's cut really clarified that I really liked because the first time I saw this movie you saw Connie's body you know she's dead but you just don't know what happened to her but it, now that you have seen that scene at nighttime with the kid yes. almost being thrown in the water you see that she is wearing the same thing that kid was wearing like the tree limbs yep. and has the stuff hung all over it so, so she, and and she looks like she's just been pulled out of a lake and, and- we so you at least know true, yes. how she died. But yeah, so you got Connie, Simon, Mark, Josh, and Mark. And, and Josh. So the ninth person is between Christian, who's wheeled up in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and then they do like a bingo-type method yeah, to choose someone. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like from, a lottery, like, like turning this yeah. big drum, waiting to see who's the lucky winner. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, oh, and uh, um, Pele's brother... Ingmar. Ingmar and one other guy. The guy who was really mad about him pissing on the tree. Okay, that was him? Ulf, yes. Okay. okay. His name was Ulf. Um, I, th- I thought it was someone else. I thought no, it was, that's him. I think he was one of the ones who volunteered. Yeah, he's the one. That's one time. Him and Ingmar volunteered. Well, no, no. He was the volunteer. Or no, he was the one who, whose rune got, got called, I think. No. Was it? No, because he okay. was the one in the fire that started screaming first. Okay, well, okay. Um, yeah, I must have missed that. But, um, so... Ingmar and Ulf, Ulf are volunteering. So that's two. Well, now that's four of their blood and four new blood. Now the May Queen gets to decide between Christian and a randomly chosen villager. And they, yeah, they turn this big drum. <laughs> I could just imagine them playing like do 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 And like, oh, our lucky winner is. And it's this, I forget the guy's name. I can't remember that guy's name. But we're just standing there looking at looking between this guy and Christian, and you know who Danny's gonna pick. Yeah, you definitely because know. Because the next thing you see is the bear from earlier is laying out on this table, having been cut open, and they are removing its in, its its guts and its innards, its intestines, everything, and then they put Christian on the table beside it. From there you see Christian in the bear suit which earlier in the movie he saw a picture of a burning bear inside the village elder lady's house or, or room, whatever she was in. Um, 
So you see now that there are nine people in this little pyramid. Now, six of them are already dead. Because Christian and, and uh, Ingmar and Ulf are not dead. They, they give Ingmar and Ulf these, some kind of some sap from some tree Between. that's supposed to feel no pain and feel no fear. Right. They should have given them a bigger dose. Yes. Because after they come in and set everything on fire, everyone's outside just watching it burn. And then Ulf is the first one to start screaming. Like at first he's just sitting there looking at Ingmar and then just starts screaming horrifically. He's like, yep, I'm sure you're pretty sure you're feeling that. Yes. Now, Christian still isn't making a sound. His bear costume is on fire, and he's not making a sound. I guess he can't move, he can't speak, he can't do anything. I say, I guess they should have gave him... Well, I don't know. He they, still might be feeling it. We're not sure. He might be feeling it, but he's not... He, if he, 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 can, is, he can't express that. He can't that. express it. Uh, <laughs> and now, all the people outside are acting like they're on fire. Like, they're feeling Ingmar and Ulf's pain. Again, like, they feel the same thing everybody else feels. And even Danny is now acting like she's feeling their pain. Now, now the shot of her, you know, in this, like this, this, this robe of flowers she's wearing reaches to the ground. So she looks kind of like a big floral slug. And just that. Yeah, because it even extends it, out past out, her, kind of like yeah, the end behind, of a wedding dress. Yeah, like almost a like a wedding dress. Yeah. You're right. And I did kind of laugh the first time I saw that because it just looked kind of funny of her trying to walk through this field with this burning pyramid in the background while she's, you know, crying and screaming. But then for the first time in the movie, she kind of looks back at the, at the burning building and just smiles. And it feels like the first genuine smile, like the first genuine moment of happiness she has felt this entire movie. Yeah, I think she's gotten rid of that burden. Yeah. And I think for the first time she feels like she has a real family because they feel pain when she feels pain. Right, right. They're all really connected because I, you know, I think I can't remember where her family was living when she where she, when she was in school, but they were not living in the same area. Right. You know, and Yeah, just a crazy crazy I want to know, like, how how did Ari Aster come up with some of this stuff? Like, did he, did he just think of, like, what's the most fucked up pagan ceremony I can think of? And then make a movie about that. <laughs> I'd really love to hear more from him on this. Um, but this is probably, like, the last two movies, I mean, the only two movies he's done, have been some of the most incredible movies period I think I've ever seen not just horror movies I believe the term you used I believe the term you uh you like in these was um the thinking man's horror movie I think that was your friend uh Jonathan oh, oh it might have been it might have been him but I've also ca- I've also heard these called like high art horror yeah and I would agree with that cuz you know this is not Freddy and Jason chopping up teenagers this is not jigsaw torturing people to death now, this is what's becoming known at least currently as a 24 horror yeah cuz so. I, I need to watch more of their movies i guess cuz i these are the only two movies i think i've seen from a24 um i haven't seen the witch and i haven't seen the lighthouse although i've heard like willem dafoe deserves an oscar for his role in that movie i've heard both he and he and robert pattison do a great job in that movie so I'll have to look into that one again. Eventually, yeah. I guess. Um, I know you said you didn't care for the witch. No, I probably should go back and revisit it, but mm-hmm. I didn't care for it at the time. Well, that might so be a I good future episode yeah. for us to. <laughs> so we can both revisit it, <laughs> or you can revisit it. And I can visit it for the first time. 
but I really want to know what Ari Aster is doing for his next movie because he says he's not doing a horror movie. All like I'm like, is he gonna do like a buddy cop comedy or something? <laughs> I can I can just imagine something that he would do like a romantic comedy or a buddy cop comedy or a, a I don't know like a road trip kind of a movie or something. <laughs> but uh, whatever it is, I really want to see it. Yeah. He's got a lot to live up to now. He does. He does. Um, I still think Hereditary is his best. Midsommar is a damn close second. I'm really interested to see what else he's got. So that wraps up this bonus episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. If you enjoyed it, please give us a like, give us a subscribe. We're on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, if you listen to us on... I guess whatever you whatever you listen to us on. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. But until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Josh. And whether you're in your car or in your theater, always check your blind spots. You guys take care. We'll see you next time.